Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 31 of the A1 Auto Body Podcast with your host Nick Sands. Today I'm talking with my buddy Jake. Um, Jake is a tattoo artist who owns New Hampshire Custom Tattoo. Um, really cool dude, clothing designer, soda maker, um, tattoo artist, just all around a really awesome dude. I hope you guys like the conversation. Um, thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the A1 Auto Body Podcast with your host Nick Sands. Today I'm sitting here with my buddy Jake from Jake Custom Tattoo in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Or I'm sorry, Hooks in New Hampshire. Close enough. <laughs> Suburbs of Manchester. Um, he's been tattooing for 20 years. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the business and, and how he got into that. Um, I'm going to let him take the floor and, and give us a little breakdown of how did you get into tattooing to start. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'd say when I was about five years old, I've been drawing ever since I was a little boy. My grandmother taught me how to draw. And um, I just really like art, you know, just decoration, comic book illustration, stuff like that. And um, so I went to fine art college and all kinds of other illustration things. I did heavy metal, um, hardcore band t-shirts and CD covers and jackets and stuff like that and skateboards and I was really, really poor as a kid. And uh, do you remember Jenkos from back in the nineties? Uh, like yes. Expensive pants. Yes, yes. The pants my parents wouldn't let me have. <laughs> yeah, man. That's how it was for me too. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna make my own. And so I started making my own. Literally, I'd take two pair of pants and sew them together, reach them <laughs> out, put my own dragon down the side, or a snake, or a rooster, or whatever the picture was. And and so once I started putting artwork on bodies, on clothing, and then I was drawing on my friends all the time. It just seemed like a second nature. I wanted to get tattooed. And believe it or not, every tattoo shop I went into, the people were jerks to me. Complete jerks, to say it nicely. And um, kind of scary, too. I didn't even like it, you know. I was like this little kid, like 18 years. Hi, sir, can I get a tattoo? <laughs> you know, and like I was very intimidated and they're just jerks. And, and um, I remember bringing my own artwork to them and showing them and being like, hey, can you tattoo this picture on me? And they're like, no, pick it off the wall. You pick it, we stick it. You think it, we ain't it. Like these stupid like sayings. And I'm like, yeah, but can't you just take my artwork and put it on me? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh man. So I was into graffiti too, like bombing trains and subways and um, not subways, but trains and uh, warehouses and skateboard parks and stuff like that. But not with words. I was doing like, comic book illustration with graffiti. And um that I got a little bit of like recognition and this guy who was a tattoo artist named Everett Adams approached me to work for him tattooing. And uh, I told him, no, I, I don't want to do tattoos because that's just like a sticker. I want to do real art. And he's like, no, dude, it is real art. And I'm arguing back and forth with him like, no, tattoos aren't real art. And then he says, look, man, come watch me tattoo. I draw it on the skin. He's like, if you can draw it, you can tattoo it. And he's the only guy in the world I ever met who could do that. And I was like, flabbergasted and blown away and then i tested him i drew up a little guy snowboard and i'm like on a napkin i'm like think you can tattoo that on me and he did and i was just like whoa you're a rebel that's like <laughs> against the rules you're not supposed to do that and that's where it kind of started and one thing led to another and then i broke my leg snowboarding and i couldn't snowboard anymore as a professional snowboarder at the time and this guy became my he was my roommate and he ended up teaching me how to tattoo and i had to pay him five grand for an apprenticeship and that's a whole another story but um but yeah man that's what got me started that's awesome and when you so just going back a little bit when you 
were you were an artist and you you considered tattooing to be not real art? Yeah, at first, you know, I didn't know that you could actually do artwork on people. When did you make the switch from wanting to do, you know, quote unquote real art to wanting to be a tattoo artist? Like what was the um like what was the catalyst for that? When you wanted when you wanted to change career paths as opposed to like you understood that tattooing was an art, but when did you decide that you wanted to do that art for a living? Well, this was back in 1998 um, when I was contemplating what to do with my life. I was about 18 years old. Um, 1999 is when that story evolved, like I told you. I was living in Maine at the time, and the art scene over there was, it was very boring. Like People were doing like lobster boats and lighthouses and mountains and trees <laughs> and boring stuff. And, and that was just boring to me. I wanted to do fantasy-type stuff. And... There was no money for it. That was the big thing. Like, I couldn't make any money doing what I wanted to, except for the little things, like I mentioned, with the music industry or the extreme sports industries. But I was making, like, 50 bucks a painting. Like, you can't even pay your rent with that. You know, and I, I'm talking about make 50 bucks a month. <laughs> like, starving artists, that style. Like, uh, so I had other jobs, you know, and I was doing construction. This is, a, this is to answer your question, too. I hate construction, but it paid the bills. And I was out there doing this construction in the hot weather, the cold weather. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't do construction forever. And I'm looking at these older guys of severe injuries and that's, that's my future. And logging too. Either I was going to be a construction worker or a logger or in the military or computer industry, which I kind of tried and I hated it. It was boring. I literally fall asleep doing computer crap. And I'm like, this is... It's work. And so, like, they say if you, you find something that you love to do, then you won't work again. And just like you, you know, we both work at least 60 hours a week. And if you enjoy painting trucks or tattooing, um, you'll, you'll be more passionate about it. You'll be better at it. You'll want to do it more than all these other type of jobs out there that are just a job for money. And so I realized that, like, I wanted to do it out of a passion. And there really wasn't money in it at first. You know, the money came eventually, just like I guess with an actor or a musician. You know, it takes years to develop and, and break into it to make it successful. Yeah. Now, do you still do, um, you know, quote unquote traditional art, like painting and that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, I do actually. And, and my uh, shop manager, Lindsay, over here, um, she does as well. And so we've been really discussing about how we want to get back into doing that on a more professional level, too. Um, how, how much does being able to like, for instance, paint, um, transition into doing tattoo work? Is there a lot of like kind of things that transition over well, or is it more like they're so separate that they don't really help each other out? It's very crucial. I'd say that anyone that wants to be a tattoo artist needs to be an artist first. If they're not already creating artwork at least 40 hours a week then how are you going to put something on this people's bodies where there's no eraser, there's no mess up? You have to understand shading, composition, light source, depth, you know, all these things. You have to be an expert on paper or canvas before you can even think about doing it on, on bodies. <laughs> um, but yet with people, we, we have feelings and emotions and, and physical feelings too. And we bleed, we sweat, we move. There's different skin types, you know, different areas of the body. And you're crafting something individually for a person as a commercial art. Like, 
no one has ever honestly said it. People have said it to me until I tell them my ideas. Said, yeah, here's my arm. Just do whatever you want. I'm like, whatever I want. And I joke <laughs> around. I'm like, I'll put a vacuum cleaner on you because that'll really suck, right? And I, I love puns. You know, uh, and... Um, or you want a toilet? That'll be the shit, you know? And like, no one gets these tattoos. I think that'd be hilarious, you know? But you have to tattoo and you have to create what the client wants. And sometimes they want stuff that doesn't really mean anything to the tattoo artist, but it means everything to the client. So we respect that and we do what they want. But then painting and drawing is way easier than tattooing because paper or canvas or wood or whatever, a, a truck doesn't bleed doesn't move doesn't bitch doesn't need a bathroom break doesn't need a cigarette break doesn't tell you what to do you know isn't like rushing you and be like how much longer how much longer are we almost done yet oh i don't have that much money and like all these little things which i understand you know i've been tattooed my whole body's tattooed over 380 hours so i get it and i have empathy for the customer but man it's 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 a challenge i'd say not just because it's my industry but tattooing like real tattoo artist, um, it's probably the hardest art form because it's not like doing graphic design where you can click delete, on edit, undo. There's there's none of that, you know. And doing a straight line on paper is pretty easy to do a straight line on paper, but doing a straight line on something that's one curve and organic and moving has a pulse, you know, twitching, pulling away. And some people they literally sleep through a tattoo. And that's that's the easy ones to do. I love it when people sit very very still. Yeah, believe it or not, it's women usually. Women have a better pain tolerance than men. I am terrible at getting tattooed. So me too. <laughs> I hate it. I hate getting tattooed. Um, so obviously you have a lot of uh, tattoos. Yeah, it looks like you have some body modification on your hand. Oh yeah, man. Um, what is that? Something like this, like so. Just for people only listening. Yeah. Um, he has a raised circle on his hand. Um. And it looks, I believe they're made of silicone, is that right? Correct. Yeah, the first generation was made of surgical steel, but this is made of silicone. You can go ahead and touch it. It's uh, squishy. It's pretty much like breast augmentation. Um, there's an incision made over, way over by the side of where the palm meets the top of the hand. And um, the skin gets elevated and pocketed, and then the incision is made, um, insertion of the, the jewelry. It's really just a decorative jewelry. They come in any shapes you want nowadays. That's and pretty cool. sewn up, and... Then you have a swell hand for about a couple months, and then it shows up. <laughs> I was going to say, it must take a while before you can actually even see what's going on in there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you see it as soon as it goes in, and then about five hours later, it just blows up as big as a boxing glove. <laughs> I know that you do piercing as well. Yeah. Is that Do you do stuff like that as well? No, I've never had a request for it. Um, and even if I did, I'd have to take an apprenticeship in how to do them correctly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that you want to, like, mess up on. Because if you, you go too deep, you're cutting into people's tendons and uh, arteries and ligaments and all that. Like, you have to really, really be right on it with, like, a surgeon-type skill level. Who did yours? His name is, um, oh, boy, you had to ask me, huh? <laughs> Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare. That's hilarious because uh, most people who have had something inserted under their skin would probably remember the person's name. I just did, though. That's, that's good. It's just that I've had so much tattoos done by so many other artists. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Sean O'Hare. He's from California, um, upstate, and his shop is called uh, High Class Tattooing and Body Piercing. And um, he's pretty much a surgeon. But this guy has this stuff all over his body. 
Wow. Yeah. And he's big into bodybuilding, too. So he's, like, fit, and he's covered in <laughs> tattoos. And he has uh, metal mohawks implanted on top of his skull. Is that something that you... Um, so, obviously, you're into tattoos. Is body modification as a whole just something that you've always been into and found interesting? No. Um, it's art. Is it just art? Mm-hmm. Is, so you're really into all all art? Yeah. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Absolutely, uh, sculpting, photography, drawing, painting, even snow sculptures, like, even food, man, anything that's creative, I just love it, acting, music, all that stuff. I agree, I think that, um... Auto body goes hand in hand, too. Even not something that would be considered art, but I think that watching someone do something that they're really good at is always, um, beautiful, Mm. you know? Um, seeing, you know, you hated construction, but seeing someone who really loves construction do construction and do construction well is always going to be, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see someone, um, you know, some of the architecture in the world, some of the, the things that people make even to us seems so mundane, but there's someone out there who, you know, paved this road and they worked as hard as they can to make that road as perfect as they can. Oh, I agree um, with you, Nick. And I think some, something like that, anyone who's willing to put, you know, their heart and soul and their passion into something, mm-hmm. um, is always going to be beautiful to see. Now, some things like painting and sculpting, it's, it's a lot easier to appreciate those things than it is to appreciate something like a paved road, um, especially when, you know, it starts breaking down and you hit it with a pothole and now you're pissed, you know. But I do think that that's um, – I do think that being able to appreciate those things goes hand in hand with art as a whole. I'm also a really big fan of art. I love – I've always been a big fan of art. I love art, um, you know, car art as well as, you know, all kinds of art. I've had – a couple artists actually on the podcast and talk to. Um, and I think just being anyone who can make a living doing what they love. Um, if it's, if that's art or pinstriping or tattooing or auto body or paving roads, I think that that's really, really something. Um, and I think it's something that everybody should strive for. Absolutely. Um, not everybody should want to go in every day and punch a clock. And if you do, then you should, because sure. you know, the world needs, you know, accountants too. I'm sure, I'm sure there's fucking accountants who love accounting. You know what I mean? Just the idea of a balanced checkbook probably just, just is what it's like to tattoo someone for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you, Nick. And, um, yeah, passion. That's, that's the big thing, you know, do it, it makes you happy. And, uh, with auto body, man, that's seriously an art form. I've, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in it on my own crappy cars and it's hard. It's really, really hard, especially to make it look as half as good as you do. And man, that is an art form in its own. That's I'm just talking about doing like a, a plain, like one color. Then the people that do the artwork, like that's really incredible. I had my a guy Gooch on here. He was I think my third or fourth podcast, and he does this incredible art. It's like, um, you know, he does pinstriping art mm. and he does custom painting, and it's just beautiful. You know, you see it, and it's just like it really grabs your attention. It grabs your eye. And uh, he does these, he did this wicked sick, um, I don't remember what kind of car it was, but it was like this green car, um, and it had like all these like planes and shadows and stuff on it, it was just amazing. Hmm. Excuse me. He does amazing work. Um, but yeah, I just think that that's really cool. One thing else that I think is really cool is you haven't stuck to just tattooing um, and piercing. You, so you have a vape shop as mm-hmm. well. And you also have a t-shirt, a custom t-shirt company that you started. Yeah, we're trying to expand into a full-fledged clothing line. 
Um, so you're doing clothing, you're doing vape, you're doing tattoo. What's it? CBD. CBD. What's it like? What's it like when you have your main focus is obviously tattooing and then you're branching out into these other things? What's that like? And, and how do you go about doing and deciding on what you're going to branch out into? Advice for someone else or for myself? I would, well, I let's start it? with just how, how did you do it and how okay. did you find how it? How I did it, it was a little bit of a fluke. Um, I was going to say, with the, the clothing is the first venture that I started. And um, that was, I kind of want to open a restaurant next, too. I've really been thinking about that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so with the clothing, like the shirt, the hat, like you have your own line of clothes. A lot of small business people have a shirt, a, like one shirt that's more or less like a walking billboard type thing, you know. And that's really where it started. Um, and then I'm like, you know what, let's make this more something that people would really want to buy as a brand that doesn't have my phone number and address and email and website and some stupid slogan on it. Like, I don't want people to feel like they're wearing a business card. And then, um, we got into the, the higher quality fabrics, you know, the really good quality ring sprung cottons and, uh, it's called premium cuts and everything like that. And, and so that's, it's really good, and what I'm trying to do is help people um, who have been through hard times, you know, like like what the, the music industry type of thing does for people, express themselves, to be custom, like letting people know that, hey, it's okay if, if uh, you don't fit in with the norms of society, whether that's your mental beliefs or your physical attributes or your skill level or your dreams and goals or like an F you to your parents or culture and society <laughs> and forget about what people think and, and follow your own path to be to march to the beat of your own drum type of thing. You know, and um I have a pit bull, Atreyu, he was one of one of the first run the shirts and He's adorable. Atreyu he is, is awesome. an adorable dog. Oh, he is so good. And um so that was like the first thing and then unfortunately with Atreyu he had cancer, like really bad, like a huge huge lump on his leg the size of a softball had to have his leg amputated they said and they didn't he's he's doing good Hi, and um I, we found a vet that said that they could cut the tumor out and grind it down to his bone marrow and save his leg and his tail too he had a it has his tail <laughs> amputated but it was going to cost me two grand and at the time i didn't have that kind of money so i had a, the little bit of money i had we made shirts with a tray on them, and all the profits from the shirts went to pay to save his life. Oh, wow. I didn't and, realize that. Yeah. And then so that that helped, and it, we're thank you very much for everyone who bought a, a Treyu shirt. That helped save his life, literally. He's still around. And um, so from that, we decided to, to do some more shirts, and, and now we're expanding more and going international with it. And I just sold my first shirt to a guy in Africa last week, and... That's a big deal. Hopefully That's awesome. Sell a, a bunch of shirts to people all around the world to be able to help people with this. And we have some really cool catchphrases on them, you know, like go from ordinary to extraordinary and don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. And <laughs> and it's about like that inner expression type of thing, you know, to really help people. Um, you know what I mean? Like association type of thing. And from a, a business, from a business standpoint, um, you know, what's it like adding that into, um, you know, already a functioning business? Well, there's not much money in it and it's very expensive to get into it. Uh, the, the cost of operation is 
it's astronomical and my parents think it's stupid for me to be wasting my money on that one. They think I should spend it on other things that they want me to spend it on. <laughs> but I'm looking at it as a, a financial, like long-term goal type of thing. Um, so that's it's where brain it's, building. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe I can benefit a lot of people's lives with it as well in the meantime. But before I got into tattooing, I was making t-shirts as a kid for other companies and for myself, like I'd want off like hand paint or draw clothes just for myself because I couldn't afford the name brand Jenkos or whatever. No Fear was another brand that I really <laughs> liked a lot. And I came up with my own brand back then, but I only sold maybe like five shirts to my friends. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be big, you know. <laughs> and now I'm kind of sort of doing it because I have a little bit of the, the capital to invest in my own business. And that's what it comes down to, you know, as a teenager. You can't go out and buy a hundred shirts with your graphics on them. You right. know? I, I couldn't afford that. But but now it's like something that I'm trying to take more serious and especially with the internet is going good. That's awesome. So thing is, man, I mean if anyone out there has any entrepreneurship goals and dreams, don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. Do it. Do it. You know, otherwise you're gonna be uh regretting it. And even if you try it and you fail, hey, at least you tried. <laughs> I don't know. Has it been difficult because um with your parents mm-hmm. you just brought them up so i yeah. just wanted to expand on that a little bit how do they feel about you know tattooing and i mean it must have been a shock for them because you had said you went to school for art also mm-hmm. so for you to have gone to school um to them it must have seemed almost like a real big transition to go from from you know classical art to tattooing yeah absolutely it was Almost like criminalized and demonized back then, you know? How long have you been doing this for, by the way? Tattooing since 1999. Um, wow. Yeah, man. So it's it's been been a little while. I'm only 40. So, yeah. Um, you know, some people think that 20 years is a long time, but I look up to the guys who are 60 and they've been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. You know, so that's that's impressive. Um, a lot. Of, I found that a lot of people that pursue anything that they're really passionate about... Once you you find your 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 niche, you stick with it. You yep. don't give it up unless there's something severe that happens. You know, like I, I broke my ribs, and that's another thing. The answer to your other question is, I severely broke my ribs, and I thought I was going to be paralyzed, and I got into the CBD for myself, and then it helped me a lot. And then I'm like, you know what? This is going to be good for other people. And one of my concerns was, what if I'm I'm wheelchair bound, I'm paralyzed, and I can't tattoo. Well, then I can run the entrepreneurship of the business to be able to help other people through all the other um, side entities that I'm offering as well. I think a lot of people um, who listen to this or who follow me on Instagram, um, a lot of people who I deal with are, are blue collar people. Um, and, you know, to them, breaking their hands, for me, breaking my hands, that's like my greatest fear. Mm. Because I break my hands, that's it. You're done. That's the end of my career. If I lose a leg, I can't climb a ladder and get on top. Well, actually with, I mean, who knows with modern stuff. But even so, I mean, if I, if something major happens um, and I can't work on trucks anymore, that's it. I've spent the last 13 years of my life learning a trade I'll never do again. Right. And, but what's, what's, you need to do, I encourage you and um, any, any blue collared uh, person that works with their hands Figure out a way to make a living from a wheelchair or a hospital bed, just in case, for backup type of thing. And like you were even saying earlier that you're doing a lot of your um, social media and internet work 
when you're taking a poop, you're going out to eat, you're watching TV, whatever. And that's physically easy for our hands. And I've realized that, like, this is great. I can do this stuff from my bed. <laughs> right. Like, and that's what I did when I was recovering with my broken ribs. I was taking that stuff a lot more serious because I'm like, well, I can't sit up. I can't bend <laughs> and twist. I can't even hold the tattoo machine, but I can hold my cell phone. Right. I can put my laptop on my stomach and lay there and... and you know, I do the talk to type. I love that. And I, then I'm trying to figure out, okay, now if I need to manage people and I can have other people doing the work and I'll be the brains of it. And that's kind of where if you, you own an auto body industry or construction business or whatever, you can be the boss. And then you can also run other things that provide value to customers. Right. Um, and that's a big thing. And, and nowadays, too, with the Internet is is the World Wide Web. You know, we've all known that. But I'm starting to really realize that when I sold a shirt to a guy in Africa, like, this is awesome. I've never been to Africa. <laughs> this guy has never been to America. We've never met. And yet I'm selling shirts like that. That's amazing to me. And so if you were able to do something like that with your auto body, uh, because one other big thing, my st- why I got into construction when I was younger, my stepdad owns a home remodel and construction business. And he's old now. He's like 70. <laughs> and he's still working, though. And he jokes about it now. He's smart enough to, to run a cruise of guys. And he used to literally, and he still does, climb up a ladder onto the roof of the house, doing the shingles, carrying, doing all the physical labor himself. And then he has some physical injuries. Now he says he makes more money with his cell phone sitting on the couch at home telling other people what to do. Yeah. And that's where running a whole crew comes in. But he still goes out there and, and has to, like, be the boss. Right. But, um, you know, that's, that's something that I think everyone needs to do. But with his industry, I'm sure with yours and definitely mine, having the right help is, is huge. You, you have to not only they have to be a good technician or craftsperson or whatever they're called... But they have to hopefully not be a drug addict, not be a prima donna. You know, there's so much to it. And managing the people is difficult. I think, um, not to change subject yeah. too much, but I think with you um, going into tattooing, when you mm-hmm. started tattooing, tattooing wasn't as big as it is today. Correct. Tattooing today is, you know, everybody has tattoos. I mean, my mom has a tattoo. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't think, uh, when you started, I, I don't think it was like that. Is that right? So the, the pool of people who were getting tattooed was probably a very close-knit community. Absolutely. Um, and so breaking into a group like that must have been difficult. Yeah, it's still a little, little bit like that. And I heard rumors from back in the 70s and 80s and even 90s that if you were a tattoo artist in another tattoo artist city, there's usually one tattoo artist per city back then. Really? That was it. <laughs> and if there was another guy coming in town, they'd break your hands. They'd burn down your tattoo shop. They would try to, like, cut the brake lines on your car. Like, they would, like, seriously, old-school mob-style gangster-type crap. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it is. It was always associated with kind of... Because um, even when I was growing up, it was always associated with you know, the unsavory types, right? Sure, absolutely. Um, and that image has only changed, again, in probably the last 20, 30 years or so? Well, yeah, absolutely for us younger people, but our parents' generation, they have the stigma, especially from their parents' generation, that tattoos are for the unsavory. Yeah. Um, I think there's an old slogan there for whores and um, criminals or something like that. Yeah. And um, But obviously that's not true anymore, and it's true art, and a lot of the images that people get tattooed on back then were associating them to those types of things uh, and prisoners and, and bikers and, and stuff like that um 
military, the sailors, all that. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, in the late nineties, tattooing was still kind of a pretty hardcore, serious thing, and it was difficult for me to get into. And then once I I did get into it, like, and I especially once I started getting recognition from, like you said, the close knit tattoo community. I remember I went to my first tattoo convention was in Philadelphia. It was called Meeting of the Marked. It was my first time I ever met <laughs> people cool <laughs> who had, besides the guy who taught me how to tattoo, who had their full arms sleeved out and like their neck and their hands, even face tattooed. And I was like, wow. And there was hundreds of them. And I'm like, this is amazing. And like I saw some really, really, really good tattoos being done there. And I was just like, this is, this is what I love. I want to do this. And it was almost like circus freak type atmosphere at that point. And literally there was like magicians and sideshows and sword swallowers and all that type of excitement. And it was like amazing. And the whole criminal scary aspect of it wasn't like that at all. Like people are like literally taking it as an art form. So the whole stereotypes of it were nothing like that. Like I went there terrified before I got in. I'm like... (laughs) I'm going to get killed. This is a bunch <laughs> of criminals and scumbags. And then you get there and you're seeing amazing artwork and genuinely nice people. Like some of the nicest people in the world I've ever met are heavily tattooed. Yeah. Because you're probably used to being ridiculed and judged as a misfit of society. And people are, they got nothing to prove. They, they have no fears of conformity. They go against the normality. You know? When you, so do you have any advice for someone who's maybe, um, not breaking into tattoos, but breaking into any kind of business or, um, you know, any kind of group that's very already tight knit. Because I would imagine breaking into, like you said, in the tattoo community at that time, it must have been hard for you to come into that and prove yourself to these people. Um, you had to prove yourself, obviously. Um, do you have any advice for people who maybe are trying to break into a similar situation where it's already a tight knit community? They're on the outside and they need to, to work their way on the inside to sure, be a absolutely. business. Yeah, you know, a couple of quick examples would be athletes or musicians or any of the tight-knit, like, uh, secret trades, you know. I would say follow the passion, for one, something that has been a childhood dream that they, they always, like, fantasize about and they might not even be naturally good at, but they pursue and they educate themselves and copy and emulate and they would want to do for free anyway. And um, they're willing to do free work. They're willing to to bust their butt for 80 hours a week for 10 years making no money. And if they don't have that kind of drive, then forget about it. But if they have that kind of drive and passion, then perseverance, persistence, and, and have a thick skin to deal with 99% rejection rate and um, then I'm not even going to talk about the crap I had to do for my apprenticeship, but <laughs> it was difficult. Let's just say it was very, very difficult. It was almost like initiation type stuff, you know, uh, like prospecting and or hazing if you're in college or the military, like uh, going through boot camp. Like it was it was tough. And I think the guy that was doing that to me was trying to see how much I really wanted it, like a dedication type of thing. Is it still like that? It should be if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, a lot of places it is. And if it's not, then those people... And the reason why I say this isn't to be a jerk, because I think that the people that get things handed to them don't appreciate it. And they don't have that desire and passion. Or I wouldn't even say natural talent, because it's something you have to work at. And those people don't work at it hard enough. 
you know, um, and yet with anything that people are are good at, they've put the the dues in. You know, you gotta pay your bruises to get your cruises. <laughs> you have a lot of rhymes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, that's a good point. I would say that um, you know persistence is is always going to pay off in the long run, um, especially in the world of the internet. Where so f- you know someone who's first starting out, it's going to take one tattoo to go viral for you to now be a part of that community. I mean, maybe not to the inner community. So Jake's Jake's giving me some eyes right now. But hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe not to those inner community. But like we said, the the community has expanded. To the average person, it's going to take one one tattoo that's really cool that goes viral. And now you're a name, right? Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would agree with you um, for at least the tattoo industry. Um, back in the 90s and 2000s. Tattoo magazines was the only way because the internet wasn't big. Oh, that's so. That's how I kind of got my publicity was through tattoo magazines. Have you been publishing tattoo? A magazines? lot, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't from know that. Going to tattoo conventions, um, you do a tattoo convention, you win the awards, then the magazines would publish your artwork, and then they do art interviews on you and articles and stuff like that. Um, almost like uh, I guess an athlete doing contest, and you know they get sponsored eventually. So. But back then, there was less competition. Like I said, there was usually one tattoo artist per city. Right. Uh, sometimes one per state. <laughs> um, now, uh, you got probably at least 20, at least 20 for every town. Yeah. You know, like Las Vegas alone has 800 tattoo artists <laughs> that are licensed. And then probably at least 200 that are unlicensed. So the, the competition's fierce now. And as you know, with social media and, and Google and everything else like that, the algorithms, it takes a lot for something to go viral. It's more than just the quality. It's also the amount of people sharing it, the time. I wouldn't say it's luck. It, I'd say it's uh, your engagement. Like you you and I were talking earlier before well, this Well, I, I just want to clarify. I didn't necessarily say it mean it was luck. Uh-huh. I meant that it's only going to take one really awesome tattoo. For you to be a part of the community. I just wanted to clarify that because I, did, I didn't mean to say that it was love. Okay. Um, yes and no. And the reason why I say no is because that 15 minutes of fame will dissipate quickly with all the other saturation of other amazing tattoos out there. Right. So if you're not top of mind for someone, then they'll forget about you a week later. That's a good point. Um, and, and that's a fact. And I'm not talking about myself, but I, I look at other tattoo artists' artwork and if there's someone who did an amazing tattoo that I loved a couple weeks ago, and I forgot about it because I've seen at least a thousand other awesome tattoos. Right. And then also the image image to name recognition. And it's like, well, who did that awesome tattoo that I love? <laughs> I kind of forgot. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with the branding. And so it's top of mind. Now, if that awesome tattoo artist, uh, I'm just going to throw out a name of a guy that I respect a lot, a guy, Aceson. And... He put his name right on it. And then I've seen only one of his pieces, I'd forget about it. But now if I've seen at least 30 of his pieces and they're all top quality, and then you start seeing the stuff regurgitating again and again through different things, and then you're like, Gaiatiusen is the best, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of that's kind of also, I guess, popularity thing of like what each person consumes. 
like I'm a tattoo artist, so I, I admire and respect other tattoos. Where I don't really consume and admire, which I do respect and admire, but I don't study auto auto body like you. Right. Would. And I'm assuming vice versa. Like you probably look at trucks a lot and like, wow, that's really good. Or, yeah. That one sucks or whatever. And I'm kind of the same with tattooing. So for me to to really really respect like the best auto body guy in the world, I don't even know who he is. And I probably would appreciate it for 10 seconds and be like, that's awesome. And then move on with my life. And then a week <laughs> later, I'd completely forget about it. Right. That makes sense. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so, like, uh, you know, because I can't think of a single tattoo artist name off the top of my head other than my personal friends who I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, obviously, and who is a personal friend. Right um, but, so that's a good point. It, it's not... It may get you in. It may put your foot in the door, but you need to keep showing up. You need to keep performing if you're gonna want to be remembered or you're gonna want to get. Yeah, even as Michael a part Jordan, if he only won one basketball game and it was the best basketball game in the whole world ever, it's soon gonna be forgotten. Yeah, it's consistency. Yeah, so that's important because I know, like, so for instance, this podcast. When I, I swear to God, people don't believe me. I sent out almost two hundred emails to get my first podcast guest. Wow. <laughs> 200 emails. Most, not like 99% of them, they didn't, most people didn't even respond. Um, and then I got my first one. Um, so with that, kind of con- with that kind of consistency where you're sending out email after email after email, it's very easy to get discouraged. Um, and all I could think was, okay, I just need one person to say yes. All I need is this one person to say yes. And then, you know, number two, I maybe only had to send out, you know, 70 emails. And number three, I only had to send out, you know, 65. And then... You know, and now it could, and then it gets easier and easier once you have that body of work behind you. Mm. Um, and I would imagine it's the same with tattooing or trucks even. Um, with trucks, you paint one really good. One, you know, we have a we have a reputation for like painting showpiece, things yeah. very nice. That's it's good. gonna take. It took you know twenty years to gain that, fifty years to gain that. It's gonna take one terrible paint job to ruin that. <laughs> you know, um, so being consistent and just showing up every single day to the best of your ability. Um, is very, very important. Yeah. And it sounds like it's important in the tattoo industry. Oh, as well. I'd say most industries, really. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, like you said, I'm sure you've painted tons of amazing trucks, but how many of them really got the recognition of that one going viral? Kind right. Of like you're saying it takes one good tattoo. I'd say it takes a lot. And then that one is a borderline luck that gets the attention from the right people at the right time and share the right way. And yeah, you could do an awesome truck or tattoo or whatever and it goes viral and people think of you as that one piece and you're like, really, dude? I've, I've done thousands of them. <laughs> That's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think about that. That could probably actually be kind of discouraging, especially if it's someone you don't even like. You're yeah. like, oh, man, that wasn't even my favorite yeah. one. You should see this Honestly, one. Honestly, <laughs> I've, I've, I've done tattoos out there that are great tattoos, but they're not my best ones and our personal interest, and, and people love them. <laughs> they're like, wow, look at this horrible tattoo that you did. It's so good. I'm like, dude, I've done better. <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest things that you do for tattooing that I've seen is, and I haven't seen this anywhere else. Um, I'd be curious if other people do this, but you actually freehand draw your tattoo on the person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mostly what I have seen is, you know, almost like a stencil. Right. Um, so they'll do the artwork on the computer or, you know, and it's, that's still amazing too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you're the only person who I've seen who actually freehand draws like with Sharpie. It looked mm, like yeah. um, right on someone's skin and then you tattoo on top of that. Absolutely. What brought you to that 
way of doing it as opposed to the other way? Uh, pretty much when I was a little boy, um, we didn't have really a lot of paper even, and I'd draw on desk, I'd draw on my arms, I'd draw on my friend's arms with Crayola and Sharpie, whatever I could get a hold of, and then clothing, and it just, there's no eraser with a marker, uh, one shot, one kill, you know, and um, I started doing that consistently, and I was doing it in the bathrooms at school, and then spray painting on the <laughs> things, and... And same thing, one shot, one kill, and it's all original. And, and sometimes, you know, you're looking at a reference image. And and then as I got into tattooing, the guy that taught me how to tattoo did it that way. And he's like, you draw it to fit the body. Anything that's curved in the artwork should fit the curves of the body. Anything that's straight should fit the straight parts of the body. That everybody's body is different. We have a muscle structure. He made me study anatomy. The muscle structure, the bone structure, all the stuff. Um, how a ideal man's physique is, you know, bodybuilder and how ideal woman's physique is. And you got to go with those curves that people want their body to even look like, but utilizing their real shapes, but emphasizing it with an optical illusion and then including contouring and depth and foreshadowing and making it look like the people are more fit and cut than they really are. Because, I mean, let's face it, everyone wants to look good naked. You know, the <laughs> fitness industry is big and, you know, we all want to, like, diet and work out. But who really does? And, you know, you, you, you could diet and work out like crazy and get in good shape and then you quit doing that. Six months later, you're back to square one. Right. But with a tattoo, you get your tattoo and it's there forever, dude. <laughs> like, I could tattoo a six-pack on you and it's still going to be there forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and like, unlike with the stagnant drawing... Plus, another big answer to your question is the originality. You know, like, I'm not a fan of being a copycat. If that's what people want, I'll do it. I'll, I'll copycat, whatever. But sometimes I'm like, look, let's find three different ideas that fit what you want and take the best of them. And then just trust me with this. I'm going to contour it, right? And I'm still doing what the people want, 100%. But it's got to be custom. What is your favorite tattoo you've ever done? That is an unanswerable question because um, I've, I've done so many that are either honestly like my favorite is in the quality of the tattoo or the originality of it or the uniqueness. It was the same thing. Or What was the, the most gir- fun the, for you to do? I was just going to say the girl. I love tattooing <laughs> girls. Um <laughs> Or even the story or the friendship or the bond or the meaning of it. You know, um, I love doing big full sleeves and, and big full bodysuit tattoos. Yeah, even even little ones. I mean, it, it's it's tough to say, man, but... I don't know if I'm narcissistic. I might be, but I really like tattooing my face on people. Look right there. That's my face. I tattooed <laughs> on someone. And, what? Uh, yeah, dude, I had my eyes sewn shut. Did they know real. it was there? Is that he asked face? for it? He asked for it, and I, I did his full sleeve, and then I put that one right on his inner bicep. I've tattooed my face on probably about seven different people. What? Yeah, man. Really? Yeah, I just think it's so funny that people want my face tattooed. That's on them. crazy. Yeah, I think that's just crazy. I don't blame you. That's my favorite too. Anyone who wants my face tattooed on them, come talk to my boy right. Jake. He'll take that's care right. of you. <laughs> I think it's funny, man. It's, are they friends or are they just some of people them. you know? Or? Yeah, this guy, like, I barely knew him. I did his full sleeve and we never hung out on our friendship level just when I was tattooing him. And he had his inner bicep left and then he's like, yeah, I want to get your face tattooed. And I'm like, why? 
He's like, I don't know, you just look cool. And, and, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm like, right on. <laughs> and like, there's this other dude I tattooed uh, my face like I'm ripping out through a brick wall. And I'm doing his, his whole back. And, and I'm like, ah, like screaming. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I never would have thought that would be an issue or like a thing. It's that's cool. Crazy. Like portraits have been kind of a thing and people usually get like someone that they personally know but then lately people have been getting musicians actors even just characters or like crazy picture like a zombie or a monster or a sexy girl or, or a superhero or whatever you know tattooed on them and some of these pi- pictures are just random made up faces like just a face yeah and be like yeah i just want this character doing this so i think the all these people i'm just a character I got you. Like, it's not really that they wanted me. It's that they wanted... They wanted someone uh, doing this. And they figure if they have you do it. I like the expressions. Like, I always try to... Whatever photo... Like, I had reference from photo. So we'll try to, like, get some crazy photo of me. Like, doing something kind of... Like, like good lighting or something. And uh, You know what a character is? Like, you have a on the beach? It's kind of like that. Like, expressionistic. Look, I may not be an artist, but I know what a caricature is. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Like, the tattoos and, like... It's like right now you have a great smile. I don't know if you guys can see him. Oh, not, but it's oh, great. Shucks. He has a great smile. <laughs> and it's the emotion, the energy, that captivating, like, uh, enthusiasm. You know what I mean? It's that human spark. Yeah, dude. Like Gary Vee. We're, we're a fan of him. Like, There's several people that have him tattooed on them. Yeah. And he's not even a good-looking guy, but it's his, his wisdom and, and his, like, spirit or something, you know? There was a time when I was growing up that kind of the first acceptable kind of tattoos, you know, quote-unquote acceptable tattoos, were if they held a very deep meaning. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the case. I mean, that's the case still, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But a lot of, there's a lot more just kind of people getting just kind of tattoos for the sake of getting tattoos. It yeah, seems like. it's becoming like a trendy fashion type of thing or for the, just the aesthetic stuff. Yeah. Um, do you, what what do you think is more common? Do you think people get... Actually, you know what? Scratch that question. Way better question. What's it like tattooing something on someone that means so much to them? Oh, that's huge. Especially, though, the opposite, if it means nothing to me. And it could be as simple. Like, yesterday I did letters. Like, to me, it's just letters. But to him, those letters were initials of people that passed in his life. So that's a huge thing to him. Like, big deal. And it was it's a very emotional thing for the people getting that done. And it helps either give them a closure or carry on forever, whatever their their meaning for it is. And um, that's a big, big deal. I agree with you. But still, when people get something like that done, um, I try to encourage them to make it look good, too. And also be, like, an aesthetically pleasing um, to their physique and body and also the way that it will age well and and, uh, be dynamic in, in artwork. But it's just so powerful and meaning. And, and sometimes it's not um, like dead homies or whatever. It could be um, a lot of it is family or religion or severe um, passions based too. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, uh, I know, you know, for you working on that, it must seem like just another day at the office, right? Kind of, except for when I get into the people's stories. Yeah. And uh, I almost feel a little bit like a psychologist and like sometimes I get all like choked up emotional for them, you know? Like like this one woman, I tattooed a portrait of her baby on her that the baby died. Oh, 
I can't even imagine what that's like. That's like my greatest fear. So right, I can't like, even imagine what that must be like. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, and at first she wanted just the name. And then we got talking about it a lot. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me do the portrait for you. I'll charge you the same as I would for the name. And I'm like, let me just do this. And, and she loved it so much. She was crying when she looked in the mirror, like happy tear joys. And um, it's... I feel like it's it's really able to help people a lot. Yeah. With those type of things. Well, that's um, you know, that's really that's really something that you even have the ability to touch someone like that. You know what I mean? So it's a a big thing, man, and sometimes it puts pressure on me. I better not mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, that's that that story that you just told was obviously extremely emotional. Yeah. It must be hard for you not to get involved in these people's lives and then to go on you know, and to have done something like that for them and then to go on and, you know, maybe never see them again. Right. Never talk to them again. That must be a, kind of a weird... Um, or, I mean, you've done so many tattoos. Christ, if you ran into them, you probably wouldn't even recognize them, you know? Honestly, be... sometimes, yeah, unless I see their tattoo because yeah. I look at their tattoo more than I look at their face. Yeah. And, you know, we, we chit-chat. Just like how you and I are having this awesome conversation right now. I try to act this way with all my clients while I'm tattooing them. Mm-hmm. I can still talk and tattoo, no problem, and... Um, sometimes I think that the stories that people tell me, like how you're interviewing me, you're doing all the question asking. I try to do a lot of question asking when I'm talking to people so that I can put their story into their tattoo better for them. Right. Um, and that's big. Like another thing that you would kind of relate to is this one girl, her dad was a truck driver and big trucks like what you work on. And, um, she wanted me to tattoo uh, the 18-wheeler, his truck that he actually drove on her arm. And the license plate said, Dad. And he passed on. And so that was kind of another big one. And I was like, all right. And it was, it was emotional, but, but cool. Yeah. And um, it was really cool because I've only tattooed, I think, two or three 18-wheelers on people. And really? It's such a, a um, rare thing. I love those <laughs> rare tattoos, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I've tattooed a few 18-wheelers, and they're fun. (laughs) This is going to be kind of a weird question, and I wasn't, I wasn't 100% on asking this, but I'm going to ask it just, and if we don't like it, we can cut it out. Sure. Um, so obviously, you have chosen to, to change your body in a certain way that is going to make some people not, not like you. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Have you, what's it like conducting business in a way, in that way? You know what I mean? Because... You know, from what I understand and from what I've, I've talked to other people, people change their body to look how like they want. In the same way that some women get breast augmentation, some guys work out an insane amount. I mean, I've been friends with people who work out a lot, a lot, and it, it takes over their entire life. And it's all just to look a certain way. You have adapted your body to look the way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're balancing, but you're also a business owner. So you're kind of balancing that. And you're not just, also we should say, you're not just a tattoo shop, you are... Again, you sell shirts, you sell vape, you also sell, you have a soda line. Mm. Um, you know, have you run into problems in business because of the way you lo- have chosen to look? I guess is the question I want to know. I think so. I think though it might just be my own um, self-conscious or uh, insecurities or like negative emotions in myself from the way that I used to be ridiculed and judged. And maybe, because I'm not a mind reader. I don't really know what people think. So right. I think it does. 
But people haven't blatantly said to me, you're a scumbag. Right. We're not going to do business with you or anything like that. No, never. But I think one thing that kind of does hurt my image, uh, and it's totally my choice, the way I dress usually. Like, I, I really like punk rock fashion a lot, and I have a big mohawk I spike up, and I wear leather-studded stuff all the time and bullet belts, and I'm sure that doesn't help. But when I need to, I can put on a suit and tie and comb my hair down and put on a hat. And uh, I can cover up my tattoos with, with concealer makeup, which I've done before. Like, it's called dermaflage. Well, you, like, right now you have a face tattoo. You can barely yeah. see it with yeah, your beard. I grow my beard a little with bit. With your beard but, on. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, another big thing that I would definitely agree with you 100% 10 years ago, because that was how the culture and society was. And by 2005, I had most of my body was tattooed. I got covered quick. Um, and back in 2005, tattoos weren't on TV yet. They weren't mainstream. You know, um, they, basketball players and musicians didn't have a lot of tattoos back then. So it wasn't the thing. Now it is. So it's, it's definitely more culturally acceptable. But also back in 2005, I looked like I was 15 years old. <laughs> so like, who's going to respect someone that looks so young? Right. And now I'm a grown man. I'm 40 years old. I might not look it, but people seem to respect me more mm-hmm. as I think age or something and cultural acceptance of tattoos. But then another big one is money talks. Yep. You know, when I'm trying to like rent a business and I give him six months rent cash up front, he'll, he'll take me serious. As opposed <laughs> to, it doesn't matter how you look and if you can't afford to pay the bills, then they're not going right. to appreciate you. Right. That's a good point too. Um, do you, are you resentful of the fact that maybe with the acceptance of tattoos in society today, um, maybe how much easier maybe people have it that are into tattooing and, and piercing and maybe you didn't get that level of respect or that level of, you know, yes. when you were young? Yeah, um, kind of like the other question you asked earlier about the hazing and apprenticeships and I was like, and people should be doing that. <laughs> um, because, and not to make it a harder barrier of entry, but to prove their own... It's, it's for them. It's nothing to do with me or any other tattooer or, or whatever. The, they have to earn it. Like, whatever. We don't matter. But if they don't prove their own dedication and put their dues in, like a basketball player, if they don't do a thousand shots a day, they're probably not going to be as good as someone who does. Yeah. You know, and let's say that you go out there and you practice your, your sh- shots throwing basketballs three times a day. And you're like, all right, there's my three shots. I'm good for the day. You're going to suck Yeah. compared to someone who does it all day, every day. Right. And that's what it comes down to is the dedication level. Um, so that's the only biggest thing. But then, yeah, I mean, the barrier of entry level is so much easier now. And I think that a lot of the, the people have it so much easier to the point where it's not appreciated. You know, um, almost like if you're you ever been in the mountains and you could walk up a mountain you appreciate it when you get to the top <laughs> yes, versus you if you can just drive up Mount Washington in the car or take a ski lift up there and you don't have to do any effort. That's you get to the top. You're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. All right. Yeah, whatever. When you earn it, every step you take, you're, you're, <laughs> you're paying your bruises to get your cruises. You, it's something, it's almost better about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a kid who pays for his own college versus someone who's had everything handed to him. Yep. That makes sense. So it's not so much that 
you resent them for having it so easy, you worry that they're go- not going to take it as seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, even, even with, with you um, giving away your, your shirts for free to people, which I do sometimes too, then those people, they put it in their closet and they almost never wear it. And it's like, they don't even appreciate it. <laughs> but when they pay for it, then they're going to be proud of it and they're going to go out and represent it or whatever. Right. Um, just like if someone, if Nike was free <laughs> or Gucci or Prada or something like that, like it wouldn't have that uh, value that people had to earn it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you can go to a, what's it called? Flea market and pick up a Gucci purse, you know? But when you have 12 Gucci purses, you know, you're not, who cares? Right. There's yeah. so many of them, you know. And especially when they're you know they're all fake. Right. And then but, it and also when you see, you know, if you go to the flea market and you buy a Gucci purse and then someone goes to Gucci and buys a Gucci purse, that person who went to Gucci is just like, "Oh, whatever. I see that purse all the time." You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah, it devalues it. Exactly. And same with the effort. Like if how long and hard it was for you to learn auto body, I'm sure it was very difficult. It wasn't like a one week process. And then now let's say that someone literally... Quick question. Do you have to make an appointment to get a piercing? Yeah, just come on down. Give us a call. Pop in. We're open every day from noon to midnight, except close on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Everybody on the podcast, I'm sorry. I just lost you. Someone called and it screwed up my recording. I thought I had it on... Uh, apparently, if I have it on airplane mode, it doesn't stop the call from coming in. It just makes it so it doesn't make a noise. So I apologize for that. Um, but I'm still talking with Jake here. So excuse the weird edit that I'm going to have to do. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure where we left off, but that was pretty much all my questions I had for you today anyways. Um, okay. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Lindsay has a question. What's up? Oh, what's oh up? there's another question. How is the pain getting a tattoo on the top of the foot? Oh, well, honestly, <laughs> that's one of the places I don't have tattooed because... Well, I can tell you because I actually do have a tattoo oh. on the top of my foot. Tell them all about it, man. Um, it was terrible. And the closer you... So I'm already really bad about tattoos anyways. Um, just because I'm a pussy. So Me too. The closer you get to the bottom of the foot, the worse it was. Um, just like kind of all tattoos, or at least in my experience with all tattoos, eventually it just kind of goes numb. Um, and it still hurts, but it's not like... You know, it's more, it's just kind of like a really irritating kind of like, like you can't get comfortable kind of feel. It's not really like a pain. Like it doesn't feel like you're getting your foot cut off or anything. Although I did let the tattoo artist do a, like a dry pass with no ink just over my toes. Just because I'm, he asked if I wanted to see what it felt like. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Because what was weird is actually now that I'm thinking about it. When I was getting the top of my foot tattooed, it actually felt like it was all in my toe for some reason. Ugh. It felt like I was getting tattooed on my toes even though I wasn't. So I don't know. So he was like, well, let me just do a dry pass over it just so you can sure. see what it feels like. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go for it. And it's that brutal. hurt really bad. Yeah. Because I was thinking about getting a word across. So I, I have like a – there's a band called The Misfits. I have a Misfits yeah. skull tattooed on my foot. And I was going to get the word fiend on yep. my toes. And I was like, well, let's just do the dry pass and see what it's like. And it hurts. And then I was like, nah, fuck it. This is yeah, good. That's brutal. <laughs> that's why I don't have my feet tattooed. I've tattooed a lot of people's feet and they don't like it. But I've gotten my, the inside of my arm done. I've gotten the back uh, of my arm done, my shoulder done, yep. and my foot. And my foot was definitely the worst. Yeah. Of all of them. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting your foot tattooed, I would say 
Do it if you're brave and you can have a good pain tolerance. I mean... I would definitely do it. I mean, I did it. Yeah. But you know, if you sucks. don't like pain, then maybe put it on the ankle or the arm or the back yeah. or somewhere that's not so sensitive. Pain's weird, though, because when you're in pain... It's subjective. You know? It, it, it Pain is... It just hurts, you know? Yeah. It's not like... And when once it's over, it's great. Right. It's so know? temporary. So it's, it's kind of hard to look back and think like, right. oh, this one hurt worse than this or this one hurt worse than that, you know? Um... Your foot doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard I mean, for me it's to look a, back. It's such a temporary sensation. You know, I have my armpits tattooed. A lot of very painful spots tattooed. But the point is, the tattoo machine will only touch you for 2 to 20 seconds. And then we have to pick up and go to the next spot and wipe it. And it's a process. So, I mean, it's temporary, you know. But it's like anything else in life that we were getting at earlier, if you watch this whole thing, is that education or training or uh dedication perseverance sacrifice to achieve a goal in life you need to pay the price you know you got to pay your bruises to get your cruises so if you really <laughs> want your your tattoo suck it up buttercup <laughs> it's gonna only hurt temporarily if you want to be the best basketball player you better go throw a million basketball shots you want to be the best auto body uh craftsperson put in the time and effort to do it and you'll reap the rewards after lots of sacrifice and pain. Well, that's, that's, a, that's kind of the funny thing about, you know, tattooing in general is, um, you know, you, it, there's carryover to the rest of life, right? Because Absolutely. this is an optional so thing. Morals. You're sitting here, you're subjecting yourself to pain, yep. right? Yep. Um, and in a lot of cases, you're subjecting yourself to, um, you know, emotional turmoil. Sure. Um, you're subjecting yourself to this thing, but you're choosing to do it. Absolutely. And yeah. when you sit through it, you get the thing at the end. Right. Right. So yep. even though it only lasts a couple hours yep. or it lasts less than a couple hours, a few seconds at a whack, yeah. you know, and then we calm down and breathe and, and a lot of times you can sit through something like that. It makes, or even same thing with working out people who work out. Sure. They have very strong wills because they put themselves through yeah. that. It's a choice that they're making. And then maybe when they're going through pain that they don't have a choice about, it makes going through that easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes you mentally stronger. Toughens you up. There's an old saying, I think, that everyone wants to have, go to heaven, but you don't want to die. Right. You know, everyone <laughs> wants to become a millionaire, but they don't want to put in the work. Right. You know, you want to get the cool picture. Like me, honestly, I hate getting tattoos. <laughs> But I just like... That's work. why you filled yourself up so quick, right? Now I you don't have to get anymore. <laughs> pretty much. And I love the look of it. It's the style, the art for me, really. Yeah. But yet, I think that pain, kind of like what you're getting at, it makes you stronger emotionally, mentally, and you can overcome things. You know, and it's a temporary thing. And it's just like any other sacrifice in life, you know, it makes you better in the outcome. One other thing I wanted to talk, actually talk about is you have a couple of interesting... Um, like payment plans oh, that yeah. you have. So one of the ones that, so I know you do like layaway, tattoo yeah. layaway, which is really cool because tattoos are expensive. Yeah. Um, and being able to put a little bit of money down and then having that at the end, that's a really cool thing. I think, you know, I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. Before. NH Custom Tattoo is the only place that does that because it, I, you think about it, a tattoo is a lifelong value investment. It'll last you longer than any car. You'll get to use it more than any car. And why not make payments on it like you would for a car? Right. Right. So, like, you say the average person out there wants to go and get a $20,000 car. They don't come up with 20000 cash. You make payments. 
Same with now a tattoo isn't going to cost you twenty thousand. It might only cost you one thousand. And now if I tell someone a tattoo is a thousand bucks, they're going to look at me like oh, that's crazy a lot of money. Oh man. Anyway, so um, I break it down for them. I'm like, look, how about you do ten payments of ninety nine dollars, and that seems so much easier. Right. And then you break it down for them. Like this is going to last you every single day for the rest of your life. <laughs> Never get lost, broken, or stolen. Even if you go to jail or whatever, right. like you still have it. And the other cool one you do is like you do a tattoo buffet. Oh yeah, which is I think um, probably the coolest concept that you get, that I've heard in tattooing in general. Mm. Um, it's just a very again I don't think I've ever heard of anyone else doing it. Mm. So basically, the I'll explain it. You can tell me if I do it right. So basically, the idea is you make one payment for whatever the day is. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a full day of tattooing, mm-hmm. and you can decide how long you get tattooed for. So you pay for the thing, mm-hmm. and then you sit down, you get a tattoo. If you want to stop for a little bit, you can. You mm-hmm. want to stop for an hour, you yeah. want to stop for 45 minutes, you want to stop for 10 minutes. You can stop as much as you want. You can get tattooed as much as you want within the span of time that you've set aside. Sure. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and it used to be. Literally the whole day. And so some people are like, well, there's 24 hours on a day and people are taking advantage of it. And then, but that was only a few people. And I think they were using some substances to help them through, (laughs) which I'm not a fan of that type of stuff. So then a lot of people were only handling about six hours. And I'm like, man, this is too much for some people. So now I made it the seven hour day tattoo buffet challenge. And like you said, everything else is true. Like if they want to take breaks, that's cool. We're working on your arm and then your arm hurts too much. Let's go onto your leg, your back. I encourage people to eat every hour or two or three, even if it's just a donut, a cookie, something. You need the sugars and carbs coming in constantly. Just like a, a athlete, you know, you need to replenish your proteins and um, electrolytes. So that's why the biggest, that's the biggest reason why we offer NH Custom Tattoo Sodas is because oh that's smart i didn't make that connection yeah because the nh custom tattoo soda it's all natural organic craft soda made right here in new hampshire with lots of sugar <laughs> and that sugar will help um get people the glucose they need to build up their serotonin dopamine adrenaline oxytocin all these chemicals that are fed from the brain which makes your body go through a lot right, right. and a lot of times that triggers um emotions which help people deal with things you know and it's also a recovery type of thing like even athletes need powerade which we offer to for free for the electrolytes and the sugars so it's, that's a big one but yeah with the all-day tattoo buffet the seven hour challenge it's it's incredible because like you said you can mix it up and when you do that you're saving over 450 bucks you get the free soda that's organic you get free aftercare we have our own aftercare brand out now too oh i didn't know made that. with cbd infused and it's all natural it's made from a farm right here in new hampshire from a woman that is makes this stuff that's absolutely incredible and not only is it uh tattoo care it's a, we call it skin care because it helps with the bags under people's eyes um wounds road rash so many great things about the skincare product it fits right in the beauty care line and then we also offer a free um, merchandise option available for them. Um, the shop is definitely big enough where they can bring their friends. They get to watch whatever they want on the TVs, listen to whatever they want to listen to. We'll chit-chat. Maybe we'll even make a podcast while I'm tattooing. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm going to – like I said, that was the last of my question. I just thought about that real quick. Thank you so much, everybody, for doing this, um, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jake. 
yeah. for um, having All me right. on here. Well, let's let's keep going for just a couple more minutes, and this yeah, time sure. it's about A1 Auto Body. <laughs> so let's turn the roll around because oh, we got an audience. Oh, man. Okay, All so right. from my understanding... You don't really work on cars, motorcycles. You work on big trucks. We mostly. mostly work on commercial fleet work. So big trucks, 18-wheelers, dump trucks. Uh, basically, like any... So it's more than 18-wheelers because you're talking about, you know, dump trucks for landscaping companies, city work, plow trucks, all those kind of things. Anything that comes from a, a truck yard, not necessarily a car. We do cars too, but less. Mm. Um, especially now where we have lots and lots of truck work, it's hard to fit in car work. Sure. Um, so we do some, but not much. Well, that's good because it targets you down to a specific niche audience where you're not going to be so much in competition with the car auto body, which is a dime a dozen. Well, that's the thing. Car shops, and a lot of them are incredible, don't get me wrong, but there's, you know, within probably two miles of the shop, there's 40 of them. In the whole state of New Hampshire, there's about five or six truck shops. Wow. So, you know, it does, it gives you, but there's lots and lots and lots and lots of trucks that need to be painted. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's varying levels of, of skill and craftsmanship at different shops. Um, in my opinion, we're the best, and I'm not going to pull that punch. Um, not saying that others are bad. Just that I know our quality of work, and in my opinion, we are the best, and I don't, I don't mind saying that. For sure. Well, your your uh, reviews and customers definitely prove that for a fact, and your um, quality of your pictures. You should check out A One Auto Body on Instagram. They're phenomenal. They have some incredible content that will really add value to you, even if you're not into trucks and you just appreciate good craftsmanship and some pretty cool other engaging content that he puts on there so don't cheat yourself treat yourself check out a1 <laughs> auto body your but, rhymes uh, are killing me i love them <laughs> i love them <laughs> uh, thank you but another big thing that i really want to know and not to sound like egotistical for you but or like i'm coming off as a pompous douche judging you but what makes a1 auto body superior um so a lot of people in the industry of working on trucks there's this concept of it's just a truck mm. right so to a lot of people who work on them, you know, this truck is going to go out. It's going to go into the construction yard. It's going to spend a lot of time on the road where there's salt, water, wear, tear. I mean, trucks get an unbelievable amount of wear and tear, way more than your average car will, right? Um, so to them, it's just a truck. At our shop, the idea is, you know, someone just spent $200,000 on this, on this truck. If I spent $200,000 on something... It had better look as good as it fucking possibly can. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, to me and to the people that we work for and the idea that we put out is every truck should look like a show truck for the amount of money you spend on it. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference between our shop and most shops is that most shops do view them. And to be fair, a lot of customers, to them, it's just a truck. Um, to them... It is just, it's a thing that makes us money. It's not meant to look nice. To us, it is. It's supposed to look nice, not only for the customer, but for our own peace of mind and our own, um, you know, our own pride. It, we we want to put as much as we can into it and be the best that we can. The third thing is that my dad has been doing this for like a hundred years. So in cars, you know, you usually spray, you spray maybe like a quarter material, a day maybe in a high production shop 
at our shop, our painter, my painters, or my dad, who's the painter, he sprays, you know, three to five gallons a day of material. So, he, and he's been doing that for the last 40 years. Every, pretty much every day, he's been spraying several gallons of paint every single day for the last 40 years. Wow. So he, you know, and this isn't, again, this isn't to knock anybody else down because that's not what I'm about. He's probably sprayed more paint than the majority of people will ever spray in their entire life. With practice um, comes per, uh, perfection. Exactly. So he's just been, he has put out so much material. We have sanded so much. We have gone through the motion so many times that we're just good at it. Um, you That's know, good. And when you layer that on top of our desire to be the best, then you start getting somewhere, right? So like That's you said, good. you spend a lot of hours doing it and you want to get better every single day, then you're going to get better. A hunger. Yeah. yeah. A exactly. passion too. Exactly. You, you can't fake passion. Right. And that's the kind of goes back to my whole thing, how you're asking about like the, the barrier entry for wannabe tattoo artists. You can't fake passion. You can't buy it either. If you come from a rich family and you're handed an uh, auto body shop or a tattoo shop, you'd probably run it to the ground unless you're truly passionate about it and you want to make that your, your everything. Right. And you got to want to be the best to be the best. And put in the, the education, the dedication, the practice, and perseverance to perfection. And that's why I, I definitely, definitely agree with everything that he just said. Check out A1 Auto Body on Instagram and, and you might agree with me. And if you don't, then you might want to reevaluate. <laughs> but um, I was hoping for to, another rhyme there. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll Check yourself come. before you wreck yourself. Yeah, fool. <laughs> but uh, not to toot my own horn, but that's also why, um, man, I hate bragging but that's why no brag. a lot of my customers say that nh custom is the best because one i have a lot of practice over 20 years of actual tattooing and probably about another 15 years of just drawing and i mean full time from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to bed if i'm not doing it then i'm doing something involved with this career and i've lost a lot of girlfriends over it and <laughs> lost a lot of free time and sleepless nights and everything else in between and and it's because it's it's not a job it's a passion it's yeah. a lifestyle it's something that consumes you you know you almost become a slave to it and and that's okay with me i haven't seen the light since i started tattooing pretty much you know <laughs> i mean i go outside at night when i'm done working and i mean it's it's something that and if there is ever anything that you're not happy with, it really eats away at me. I'm sure it does with you. And then you want to make it right. You're like, I got to make this perfect. Right. I can't let that slide. Right. No, there's definitely, I mean, there's times when, you know, something stupid that no one's ever going to notice. You know, I could just ship it and it would be fine. No one would even <sighs> care. You're a perfectionist. You know, but you see it and I'm just in the back of my head. If I don't fix it, I'm going to think about it. You know, until that truck is delivered... And the customer is happy with it. And, you know, a couple days goes by and we haven't had a complaint. For sure. Then I'll kind of, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Up until that point, I mean, I lo there are times I will literally lose sleep sitting in my house thinking about something that, you know, wasn't perfect. Yeah. And, you know, that's why now I just fix it. For if sure. I see a problem, I'm just going to fix it now. I used to, you know, oh, maybe that's not such a big deal. You know, maybe it's not. Maybe it is, you know. It was like, uh, you know, 80% of the time I would fix it, but 20% of the time I would just let it go because it's probably not going to matter. Now it's 100% of the time. I just fix it. It's just easier. <laughs> it's easier than dealing with the stress for the next couple of days, you know? <laughs> I agree with you. Because if there's a problem, yo, Nick will solve it. Check out the hook wall. 
when she revolves it, you know? <laughs> so it's like you got to keep that stuff coming and, and like, making it perfect. You right. know, I'm definitely the same way. I think uh, maybe you, you do this, uh, but me, I look at other tattoo artists, not locally. Um, nothing good or bad to say about them, but just I'm talking the, the best of the best. Like this guy, Guy Asia, saying that. It was like mind-blowing you're like how the heck did they get so good and then i study how they actually got to that level and then you emulate them and it's like man that's a desire and goal that i want to achieve that kind of international greatness like the best of the best of the best are you the same way i always try to get better every day of my life i i wake up and i try to get better at what i do um it's hard so for tattoos i feel like and this isn't anything bad or, again, not bad or good, but I feel like there's so many tattoo artists and there's so much tattoo content out there that it's so easy to find. Um, Almost oversaturated. Yeah. For trucks, and especially, I mean, truck auto body is, like, as niche as it gets. Like, Dude, you're the optimist it is like It is, like, impossible to find content about people. And I do, I definitely follow some people. There's some people that I really, really... Um, appreciate and aspire to be like. Um, and there's some car painters out there that are amazing. There's some car people that, I, you know, I love learning about the way they do things. But cars and trucks are so different that there's, it just doesn't really carry over in the same way. Like I said, some people will spray a quart of paint a day and that'll be a lot, right? We run five gallons of paint through our guns every day. That's a lot of material to spray. Um, and there's not a lot of people doing it. And there's the there's not a lot of people doing it and there's fewer people on the internet who are really good like it's just like it would have to be such like a perfect storm and i'm not trying to toot my own horn we are very good at what we do and i'm one of hey lindsay can you go get the little optimus prime statue i'm one of the we're one of the few people i can already see where this is going (laughs) we're one of the few people who are out there actually doing it um so while I, I, of course, would love to, to meet more people, and I do, like, for instance, Lewis Morales, he's a, he's a truck painter, and he's amazing. Um, I talked to some other guys who are really awesome. This guy, Madden, he's an awesome dude. Um, and he paints. And No, Optimus Prime. <laughs> he, no, no, he, Optimus he looks Prime like, is, He looks like them, but he's on the floor by the t-shirt area. But, um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, I, I follow some people, and I try to learn as much <laughs> as I can. Um, but there's just not as much content out there for people who are trying to learn this trade. Mm. Um, so it is hard. It, it takes a lot more work, and I, I always try to research and do what I can. Um, auto body is also weird in that there's a lot of secrets. You know, a lot of people just aren't willing to share how they do things. Because, Same with tattoo industry. Yeah, I'm sure. They're scared of um, you stealing their mojo. And- well, it's a, I think it's an old... Um, kind of mentality and i think that there was a time when it made scarcity sense. mindset right but with the age of the internet everything's out there if you want to find it for sure you know so i don't think that um i don't think that that mentality makes sense anymore i would rather help build people up um i would because a rising tide you know raises all ships if you get better it means i get better too and the, if we can all get better together then that's going to be mm. you know awesome and it's good it's good for everybody i think yeah. I'm not afraid of, of competition. I'm not afraid of people coming in and taking my uh, 
my things or my anything because I know that they can't There's do There's an abundance, though. Yeah. So, yeah. And even if they were hypothetically better than you, still, Then they can be. Abundance. And I'm not saying that I'm the best in the world, either. I'm saying that I'm not afraid well, you're of you're really, people. really good. He's really, really good. He's, <laughs> like, like, amazing. Oh, and speaking of how good you are, how did you get so good? Just practice. It's doing it every day. Coming in every day and just... And it's not just practice in the sense that of going through the motions. It's practice of wanting to be better and practicing to be better. So I read this somewhere and I totally agree with it. When you've gotten to the level of expertise that you are in a specialty, just like with my industry or any other industry, some of the consumers might complain that your prices, I'm not saying you, but an expert specialist, their prices are higher than the average, you know, quick type crap, Bubba's Basement Bargain Discounts or whatever. And I'm like, look, you're not paying for the amount of time it takes me to do this or what it is. You're paying for the years and thousands of hours of dedication for me to get this good. And that's why we're efficient and time uh, productivity and meticulous and perfectionist. Well, I think tattooing is is rampant with that because, I mean, I am 32 years old. I'm v- very far from being cool, right? Not and I get cool. And I get messages you know once a month that hey we're having a tattoo party in my you know what i mean in my uh, kitchen you know uh, my buddy's scary. coming over and he's gonna do tattoos for everybody and i'm like you know so i mean for the barrier for entry for tattooing is literally just buy a gun uh, buy a machine or whatever it's called yeah, yeah sure I don't you know what i mean uh, buy it buy a tattoo machine and, and you can draw on people's skin forever you know so i think that whereas working on trucks you know, you need to do. You do need to have a little bit of credibility before someone's going to give you their two thousand, two hundred thousand dollar truck to paint. There's a lot of people who are willing to just throw their body at you to get a tattoo. You know what I mean? Right, and that's what's scary. And like I joke around with these people too. Like, would you go to um, Bubba's basement surgery? Right. Like, oh yeah, I can buy a scalpel and I can claim that I'm a surgeon. But... You know, worst case scenario on a truck, the worst thing I'm going to do is ruin your truck. Right. The worst thing you're going to do, you know, is kill somebody with hepatitis, an infection, yeah, hepatitis, all that, stuff, right? all that kind of stuff. Cut so, their arteries, you know, you go too deep. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there are some, some things that people don't realize can happen to them from a bad tattoo. Yeah. You know, look up, look up botched tattoos online. You want to see usually you're horrible. just looking at the, the artwork, you know, and um, no disrespect to anyone who's ever had been what I'm about to say. But some people have come to me. With a god-awful, hideous tattoo that looks like a five-year-old crackhead did it. And then they're asking me to just touch it up or finish it. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> we might need to laser that first. Or, <laughs> have you considered, like, a skin graft? Or, <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't fix it when it's that bad. Yeah. You, you know, and at least maybe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, a bad paint job, you can sandblast it down and repaint yeah, it. Yeah, paint, a paint job, you can... There's very few... And I tell this to a lot of the new guys too. You're not the chances of you doing something so bad that I can't fix it are pretty small. I mean, you would have to do something really bad to a body panel to get it to the point where there's nothing I can do. We need to buy a new body panel. Now tell me about some of the um I guess behind the scenes preparation work that a lot of people don't understand, you know. Like myself being a, a very amateur spray painter. I go out and I spray paint my cars and I don't even cover the lights. I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't sand it down. I don't do any of that prep work. And then I realize, like, man, I wish I did. There's, a like, what, at least 20 hours of prep work that you put in or something well, like Well, it depends that? on the size of the vehicle. So a dump truck, you know, you're looking at 10 hours of just sanding it. 10 to, you know, depending on the size of the dump truck, 
10 to 15, 20 hours of just putting sandpaper on my DA and sanding your dump truck down. Um, after that, there's blowing. You got to blow, blow it off. Okay. So blow off all the dust. Dust is your enemy when you're painting. So a tiny speck of dust can ruin a whole paint job. Oh, sure. So you blow off this whole... And when you're producing... I mean, half my job is producing dust. So when you're producing lots and lots and lots and lots of dust, getting that off of there... And then the whole surrounding area, don't you have to yeah. clean the whole... Like, well, we have to bring room. it in the booth. So we have a special, a special booth for just for painting. <laughs> but yeah, so we blow it off um, after prepping it. And, and then taping we'll, the lights and everything? Taping. You got to tape anything that you don't want painted. Sure. Anything that you don't want painted on needs to be taped. On a big truck... Again, that's a oh, lot like of ten stuff. hours, right? Just it's to do that. you know, it's a lot of work, tedious. Still. Um, and then I always say, you know, the big things that are going to change people's paint jobs. If you really want to get a, be a good painter, be really good at taking stuff apart. A lot of people paint without removing enough stuff. So anything that can come off your car easy that you can do yourself, just take it off. Rather than tape it. It's so much easier and it makes the paint job look better because as time goes on, things move. You know, rubbers dry up. Things shift. And once that – or there's a lot of people who don't even take stickers off when they paint their, paint something. Um, you know, if that sticker rips, your car is <laughs> two different colors. You know what I mean? Um, and you need a whole new paint job if you want to take that sticker off. Um, so, you know, don't tape, don't tape stuff off. Take stuff off. Which, look, now, now you got me rhyming like you. Um, you know, prep, prep it prep it well. Sand it well. And that's another big thing. Your paint job is only going to look as good as your prep work. You can, you know, put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You can paint over imperfections, but they're still imperfections. They're still going to show up in the paint. Paint is so thin. And, I mean, I use industrial paint, which is thicker than car paint. Mm. Um but it's so thin, everything that's underneath that paint is showing up and as hills, as valleys. If you're not DAing in the right way. What's DA? DA is dual action sander. So it's, okay. it's, uh, it's called that because it spins, so like but it orbital. also has a weight, an orbital sander. So it has a weight on it that spins around the shaft that moves it up and down. Wow. It basically just makes it so that when you, because when you used to sand stuff, when you sand, you know, you're digging deeper and be, with the pressure of your hand, you're going deeper in some spots than you would. Um, and you're also only going in one direction. When you're doing that, you're cutting deeper grooves, which is going to leave extra, you know, those are going to show up in the paint. A DA, it spins up and down and it also spins in a circle at the same time. So it, it randomizes it. Wow. So that you don't get those grooves cut in. Okay. Um, basically, long story For short. For sure. Um, so you use your DA. What? I don't even remember what that. Oh, when you're using your DA, use it appropriately. Don't push real hard. I mean, your job is to let the tool do the work. Prep it well. Get those imperfections out. Um, and those two things right there are going to change a lot of people's paint jobs. And it has nothing to do with painting. The last thing is taping. Nothing looks worse for someone to tape a window, paint it, Pull the tape off, and they didn't tape the rubber upright, and now the rubber is the wrong color. Ah. You know what I mean? It just looks bad. It yeah, looks dude. amateur. Sure. So just taking your time and doing it right, I would suggest if you want to get good at taping, buy a roll of tape, go out to your car, tape it off. Sure. Tear it off. Do it again. Tape it off. Do it again. And like you know, he's what he's saying, guys, with anything in life. 
the first couple times you try something, you might not be that good. Take that with a grain of salt, you know? Um, it takes persistence and practice and ideally too, maybe someone coaching you and showing you the right way to do it. And this is a big thing too. Practice is a word that's very loosely thrown around. Practice is not just doing it the wrong way over and over and over again and hoping that at some point it comes out right. Practice is doing something, looking at it, seeing where you could do it better, and then making those adjustments and being better. Um, you know, when Michael Jordan, we were talking about, when he was shooting free throws, when he was practicing free throws, he didn't just close his eyes and shoot the ball. Sure. Right? Right. He worked at getting better. When I screw up a paint job, I see where the problem is. Yep. I make adjustments to my work. And I do it again. When you draw something, you know, I'm sure that you have had lots of tattoos where the customer was very happy, but you were thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe this curve didn't go quite like I wanted it to. Think that all the time. Maybe this line didn't go quite like I wanted it to. If you just keep going on in the same day and saying, you know, in the next day you come in and you do it exactly the same way and you're like, wow, that curve really would have looked better if I did it differently. What's that but I'm saying? not gonna. If, I'm just uh, gonna keep doing it. If you do the same. same thing twice, you're an idiot or insane or something like that. Yeah. Uh, expecting different results. Yeah. You know. Uh, you if you want to get better, you have to make change. Right. And if you don't have someone to look at it and coach you along, then you need to be that person yourself. Right. It's not impossible. I was extremely lucky, so my dad and my brother yeah. were both very, very good. And they coached you and at what they you, do, right? and they like were able to help me. Over, yeah. Um, and, and same with me with tattooing. A big thing that, like, if anyone out there has ever considered going to anyone to tattoo them or even be a tattoo artist themselves, make sure that they've had an apprenticeship. They really <laughs> need to be taught by someone. You can't be self-taught a surgeon. <laughs> you can't be really a self-taught master expert specialist auto body technician or self-taught expert tattoo artist. You can't. Because if you make mistakes that you don't realize... And you think it's good, but there's no expert there to be like, hey, this rubber doesn't match up with that. Or one of the little technical things like that. And you're going to continue making the same mistakes. And And I push this a lot. A lot of people there, you know, there's two mindsets coming out of high school. I want to make money. I'm going to go to college, right? A lot of people don't consider this third option, which is something I would suggest doing. You can go to a shop, right? A lot of people, when they, they want to apprentice, but they also want to make a bunch of money, right? So I want to start an apprenticeship. I also want to make $20 an hour. A lot of people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on their education after high school. If you just take into consideration that, you know, maybe instead of making $50,000 a year, I will accept $20,000 a year or $10,000 a year to learn this trade and get better at it. You know, even at the end of all that, even at the end of four years, you're still net positive. You right. still haven't Absolutely. spent money on the education. You've made maybe not as much as you feel as though you deserve. And sometimes the compensation isn't money. It's the education experience as Exactly. Well. But you can get that education without spending money. Absolutely. You're still a net positive. You maybe haven't made as much money as you wanted to make. Um, but I would always suggest it. Go in. I would absolutely love it if some high school kid came down to the shop and said, hey, can I come down here for seven bucks an hour and sweep? And maybe, you know, as time goes on, learn something. Absolutely, kid. 
Get in that. here. You know? If you need a job, A1 Auto Body's hiring Well, no, we're not. We're not right now. <laughs> but I'm saying if you, show, if you show the initiative to come down and you want to work for 7 bucks an hour, you know, I can probably find something for you to do if you want to do that. And if you are willing to stick it out for a couple of years, you might learn something. And then maybe you can take those skills and you can have a marketable ability that you can then go into the world and, and do something with. It's not always about making as much money as you possibly can, you know, and that's not a popular thing right now, you know. Um, I just need to. Everybody, I just got another phone call and I'm super sorry about that. Um, but I actually am really going to end this right now. I know I keep threatening to. Um, thank you so much, Jake, for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Nick. I appreciate um, you. Yeah, this is why I usually do them at like 9 o'clock at night is so I'm not getting calls and bother- and people interrupting. So I'm very sorry for the cuts. And uh, anyways, I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the A1 Auto Body Podcast with your host, Nick Sands. Thank you to Jake for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I had a blast. And if you'd like to learn more about Jake, you can find him on Instagram at nh underscore custom underscore tattoo. Um, or you can give him a call at the shop. He's in hooks it. Um, and he's easy to find. Just Google NH custom tattoo. Um, he'll be the first one that comes up. I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed the podcast. If you could do me a favor and leave a review, I would really appreciate it on Apple iTunes or Apple, Apple podcasts. Um, it would help me out a lot. Thank you. Have a great day.